decoded. Welcome to Founders Tech Decoded. On this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into how Founders Tech, which started sort of with movements in no code and low code, um, is starting to uh, extend that logic from you don't need to build a product um, in order to kind of get funded into a logic around different sectors that relate to the startup ecosystem. In this case, recruitment. So I'm talking to Chris Booth um, from Finders, who we're looking forward to doing a uh, webinar on this very subject that we're just discussing today of why founder tech might be starting to apply to recruitment and what that means if you are a founder building an early stage startup team, um, probably initially uh, on a kind of no code, low code basis. But in this case, obviously, that what that means is freelance, um, but also attracting and retaining top talent using and leveraging Fanatech. So, Chris, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I'm really looking forward to kind of like exploring what we've been talking about for the last few weeks uh, on the podcast. Thanks, Dan. Looking forward to, to getting into it. So let's just sort of set up, do the setup. A little in, in more detail, you know, what, what, what we've been exploring is that um, founder tech has come about because of frustrations, I guess, in um, of founders and investors um, with the early stage startup ecosystem that in the sense that it hasn't been performing efficiently, certainly for founders. And it's not inclusive and open and transparent in the way that we now expect lots of kind of systems to work. And the um, venture essentially hasn't disrupted itself in the way it might disrupt other inefficient marketplaces and systems. And the the reason this is happening now is because there are all these tools, platforms, frameworks that have basically taken different nodes of that inefficiency and basically engineered the, when I say low level, I don't mean that in any kind of demeaning or hierarchical um, um, sense. I mean, more like functions where humans don't add a lot of value um, and actually there is technology that can actually do those things or functions better freeing um, uh, humans in this case we're obviously talking about founders and investors to be elevated to actually have the actual conversation that that they want to have um, which is probably probably examining the sector focus, the the individual, the timing, the conditions, the subsurface cues, all the things that come up in this podcast and that we explore in it, that actually what that does is it sets those things up and makes them more valuable. Now, what we've been talking about, and I, I, I know you want to introduce finders in a second, um, is that actually that applies now to recruitment, that these tools that have been developed and are starting to talk to each other, integrate each other and reimagine the early stage uh, ecosystem, um, are starting to become um, and, and touch the recruitment um, ecosystem, certainly in, in uh, the early stage startup space, where I know you um, with finders are domain expertise and pioneers yourself. So do you want to talk about your your version of that from your perspective as, as the setup? Yeah, absolutely, because it, it, it has changed a lot, even in the last couple of years. Um, but just to give you a background on, on finders, so... Finders is a is a recruitment business that specialises working with you know tech startups and scale ups um, across the UK and Europe, and where we kind of operate is that we're creating a new category that enables us to um, take the best from the different recruitment services businesses. So we have a delivery model akin to an executive search firm, 
um, we have a commercial model that's um, more like a managed service to help with cash flow. Um, and we have a, a specialist model similar to um, an agency that kind of creates that new category and takes the best of those, those worlds. And when we work with lots of startups and, and founders, what we found when working with them was that a lot of the value wasn't from just finding who to hire. That a lot of the value was kind of deciding on on what to hire as well. Um, so we back in 2020, we created a um, a bunch of services that enable founders to create an organizational um, chart or, or an OD and then look at, you know, how do we kind of decide on what that person looks like? You know, are they a, a junior person? Are they a senior person? Um, what kind of attitude and skill balance they have, that kind of thing. Now, as a part of that process, we, we've always split people into three main categories when building companies. We have terraformers at the top who create the environment of the business so that people can, can thrive and, and, um, and do really well. So, you know, that it comes from uh, the term terraforming a planet. So if we were to terraform Mars, if, if Elon Musk has his way, you know, you create a, an environment where people can breathe and live and, and that kind of thing. And that's the position that your senior leadership team want to be in. They, they terraform the business so that people want to work there and they're really driven. And then we have two other uh, personas. We have process owners. So someone who's going to be take accountability for a specific metric in the business or, or a process. So if it's the go to market, they might be the process owner for the unit economics or might go even more granular, just the, the customer acquisition cost. Um, and then we have the Spartans. So these people work with the process owner and they just crank that handle of that process. Um, to manage those and, and implement those metrics. So it might be um, you know, emailing customers or um, creating email campaigns, that kind of thing. And splitting those people into those three categories, um, what we found is over the last couple of years with lots of automation tools, um, AI specifically over the last few months, um, and you know other things that are available to founders, that, that it, it's changed the way that we're building the organizational um, kind of diagram now. We need less Spartans in the business to begin with at Seed Series A, and we can actually get away with using a lot more tools um, than having to bring you know junior people into the company and developing them um, and that kind of thing. And that's where the founder tech thing is really interesting um, because it's enabling us to to leverage more tools um, in in the first few years. So let's dive into straight away into kind of the big thought that we've had and discussed um, I think you you gave it the name uh, of a chief founder tech officer I think the reason why I want to start there because it, it immediately illustrates the potential of this role and this thinking do you want to talk about and then we can work our way backwards what you think a, a chief founder tech officer a CFTO um, was the acronym um, what, what what it looks like and why you might need one in, and maybe then within what time frame you think that might start to become you know like a viable concern yeah so i, I think the best way to think about it um is if almost if you think about things as, as a solopreneur if you think that you're going to create a SaaS business as a solo founder you need a lot of support um and automation tools to be able to to build that enterprise to get to you know one million two million um kind of arr the CFTO, that chief founding tech officer, would be the person who would create the tech stack for the business um, or the startup um, 
that would be optimized for the way that we're going to operate. So if it's a B2B um, SaaS platform, it might be that the CFTO leverages all the automation tools um, for that go-to-market. Or if we're going to be working in a, um, you know, not in a, a solopreneur um, manner, but we're going to be working in a capital intensive um, market and we're going to need a lot of cash, you know, that, that CFTO might look at um, different technologies that enable us to raise cash more effectively and more efficiently um, and quicker, that kind of thing. Um, but it's about looking at that whole tech stack as um, managing the, the business from the top um, and, you know, aligning that with the, the CEO strategy of, of how we grow the business. Why do you think that that's going to be attractive to top talent? So we hear, obviously, one of the premises of the the, the Fantech Decade podcast was that, you know, we hear over and over and over again that the founder is, you know, critical to the to the, uh, the startup, it's 70, 80% of the equation, particularly when there's, you know, your pre-product market fit, you're dealing with founder market fit. It's obvious that um, the founder is, a, is an integral part of that mix. Yet very few people have a way of evaluating the founder um, in, in that way. As you know, that's what we're doing with Pilot Round. But let's, let, let's, let's talk about um, the retainment of talent uh, because the other thing that gets cited obviously directly the next cap off the rank after the founder is the team which invariably you know you, you've got like a, a triad i guess a founder product team but as we've talked about product has now changed that definition has changed whereas it used to mean an actual you know where you spend money on on, on building a product that is distinct with its own code stack um you know and and solving you know problems uniquely um within that within that tech stack and code stack now that um no code low code and all of i guess founder tech as a wraparound has entered into the space you know that that product function that is being evaluated by investors has changed and i think what, what we're talking about here and I, I do think we're the first to talk about it and, and address it and explore it, is actually the, the recruitment function founder tech changes that because top talent that you're going to need, you know, certainly in that in the scope of a pilot round of the first three six months is probably going to be, you know, freelance. Um, and then once maybe you've you've got demonstrated traction, you've got more capital employing people makes sense. You might migrate to a, a more you know traditional roles or tra more traditional engagement. And then I guess you factor into it's a, it's a big question, Chris. The um, you've got you know the remote working as well becoming normalised. What I think we're saying is that founder tech does really affect. The recruitment function and the type of talent that you'll be able to attract in those phases um, is going to be correlated to your use of founder tech. Do you want to unpack that further from the recruitment point of view? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Because there's there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? There is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the best way for me to explain it is um, I'm a big fan of Jim Collins, um, yeah. who's a great writer um, from Harvard Business School. And his book, Good to Great, there's a, there's a really good point in it about, um, you know, the best companies or the great companies have a hiring strategy that is first who, then what. So instead of a CEO deciding on what the strategy is going to be to realize our vision and then hiring someone who can do that strategy, a great CEO will go the other way and say, actually, I'm going to first decide on the person I'm going to hire and then we're going to decide on the strategy together to get to that point. Um, and if you go first, who, then what, you're going to s surround yourself with great people. 
Um, you know, you're not just finding someone who's great at, you know, um, paid social or paid search experience in the marketing side or who's great at building in Java or whatever. So by surrounding yourself by, you know, great people, you then want to make sure that they're fully enabled and um, to be able to do their role. And if they're strategic people, which they're probably going to be, you don't want them to be getting sucked down into the weeds of, you know, doing email campaigns or, you know, building um, products for 10 hours a day. And what you want to try and get those people doing is, is kind of in a room collaborating, solving problems and getting over hurdles. So anything we can do to create efficiencies within their time is going to make them happier, more fulfilled um, and overall just more engaged in the role. You know, if we take on a, um, you know, a marketing person, you know, first who, then what? If we've got that person thinking strategically, getting around the feedback loop, you know, what's working, what's not working, um, rather than, you know, getting that person on HubSpot for nine hours a day, you know, creating campaigns, um, doing a lot of the busy work, you know, anything we can do to automate that process is, is one, going to create that feedback loop quicker, which is going to be, you know, really detrimental to the, the success of the business, um, or really critical to the success of the business. Um, rather than kind of get sucked down into what I would call like the Spartan work. And I think that's the key thing. You know, when we're taking on great people, um, it's also going to free up a lot of time for that CEO and the COO um, to not be kind of managing and developing junior people. You know, senior people you can leave to be autonomous. You know, we're going to catch up next week, but if you need anything in the meantime, let me know. You don't have to handhold them through that kind of development and, and learning that, you know, more junior person might have. So it just means that you've got, you know, a lot more, um, driving the business and a lot more effectiveness um, per per head, um, and I think that's the key thing. You know, anything we can do to to kind of keep people strategic and, and doing less of the busy work is is the main point. So let's let's sort of um, create a case study, um, and let's just say Lucy, who's you know senior UX UI person. Let's just say right, that you might need on month eight eight or sooner but let's just say a month month eight and you've got some you've got now got some funding um to sort of employ lucy or identify her why is she let's say that we've got company a and company b and in company a they've got their founder tech together whether they've got a cfto and a chief founder tech officer to, it doesn't matter but they've understood they've listened to this podcast they, they've engaged you chris and they have that in place and they've and they've actually realize that this is a point of competitive advantage. Why is it a point of competitive advantage when Lucy is like really in demand, you know, top talent is always can go anywhere, you know, why why is company A having their founder tech sorted more attractive to Lucy? You touched on it, but I'd like to kind of just overtly A, B to companies compared to company B that doesn't. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's, there's probably three main reasons. Number one, Lucy is going to feel like the company with the founder tech is going to be more mature and has a, a better pulse on the market in terms of, you know, what startups are working with right now. So it's just going to have, you know, more appeal, um, which is number one. Number two, if they're using founder tech and it's something that Lucy is going to be able to leverage to be more effective or more efficient in the role, then again, that's going to be huge for Lucy. You know, her in that UI UX role, and um, if company one is just building things in, Angular or React on JavaScript and company two is, is using Figma and um, you know we're going to class Figma maybe in that kind of founder tech space sure, for sure. it's going to be a massive 
um, appeal for Lucy because she's not going to have to be coding um, stuff out if she is that kind of unicorn who can code and, and design at the same time. Um, so that's a huge one. Um, but I think the third one it will be, it's going to allow Lucy to really develop her skills in the place places where she wants to. So she might have career ambitions to become, you know, a head of UX and UI or a head of design, whatever it might be. But she's not going to develop those, you know, strategic skills if she's been sucked down into the weeds of, you know, coding out and, and building a front end, that kind of thing. Um, so you know, they're, they're kind of three really big reasons why you're going to be able to attract and, and retain um, the right talent um, because Lucy's going to be working on, you know, what she wants to. Yeah, and, and one other one other thing that I know we're going to discuss in the webinar is also that it is in the in the inverse, Lucy coming uh, fluent in her own founder tech makes Lucy more valuable. We, 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 which I, I I've understood that correctly, right? You you believe Lucy becomes a better candidate herself right, by bringing founder tech that makes her you know elevates her job um, to the higher functions. Um, and and uh, compared to someone who has who hasn't got that, and that might be actually when you're hiring, um, you look for those behaviours and, and those uh, capabilities. Hundred percent. Like we're um, we're working on a on an assignment at the minute with a really great preventative healthcare company in Cambridge, who has never really managed to crack the the work from home thing. Um, and we managed to find some uh, someone just before Christmas who who has done that before and created the remote working tech stack for engineers. And he's been really successful over the last six weeks kind of putting that through. But he's transforming and terraforming the business to be more um, akin to remote work, which means you know their, their tech stack's PHP and Symphony, which is ridiculously hard to find that kind of skill. Um, but we've now opened up the whole UK market to them, not just Cambridge, um, because that founder tech is, has been brought into the company to, to enable remote working. Um, so it's a big piece, just stuff like that. You know, there's lots of different benefits. The big one being, um, you know, you're going to be able to create more efficiency or, or effectiveness per head um, by using founder tech. So again, you know, if you can come in and say, if a founder is not working with a specific piece of technology and you can come in your interview and say, actually, I can help you build this, you know, one part of a tactical KPI management that will help us 10x these, these figures, then that's going to be a massive thing for, um, that person in the interview. So yeah, hundred percent. It's it's gone on all sides. So let let's let's go to not the elephant in the room, but the kind of like the latest iteration of founder tech, which is obviously AI and the you know the the availability of very good AI at our fingertips. Um, there's obviously been a you know uproar and outcry in many sectors about this, but I think the conversation that we are shaping here. Um, actually looks at AI in the way that I think it, it best behaves and should be looked at, which is it's there to, again, you know, uh, amplify, automate the low level skills and elevate the high level skills. Like, you know, in a way, Lucy and her counterparts who are using these tools become more valuable, right? So that the people that are actually, you know, have, have a unique point of view and value above the AI um, are, are are more identifiable, which is obviously in the startup world you, you, is like you have in the in, uh, investor world. There's a signal to noise problem of actually identifying really good candidates. So in a way, what we're talking about again elevates the really good candidates, makes them more visible and more valuable. Again, what do you, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think the line that everyone seems to be going with at the minute, which I think is true, is that AI is not going to steal anybody's job, but someone who is using AI will. 
and I think that's just the natural progression. Um, and you know, I think we've seen this, you know, probably four or five times over in the last two hundred years, where you know, computers were going to steal people's jobs. It's just natural kind of progression. It's just a bigger jump this time. Um, it means that there will be more tech roles and tech jobs than there are, you know, kind of lower skill positions and the AI will be enabling um, in the future. So I think it's a really nice progression because it enables people to to learn more strategic, critical thinking type skills. Um, so it's, it's a good position, I think, we're in, in terms of AI and, and what it's bringing to the market. Yeah, and the chief analytics officer is obviously part of their job, and it feels quite nice when you sort of wrap it around the AI. The, 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 their 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 job is to understand this and incorporate it and work out how it's incorporated. So it's it's a you know all of these things. It's not just any. It's not just sort of blindly plugging into things for the sake of it. It's the integration, right? It's how you make these things work so that you have your own sort of ecosystem within an ecosystem that you know that makes yours work as efficiently as possible and again makes you know people do do the really good you know the high value work um it increases that value so it's it's i think it's really exciting and i think the cfto role makes a lot of sense around some of the ai conversations um yeah and so question like let's say you were interviewing someone for the cfto role how would you, I'm putting you on the spot here. I know we haven't talked about this, but like how, what, what would you sit down initially and kind of ask them and expect from them um, as, as that kind of, let, let's go into that room and explore that. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I always like to interview with objectives in mind. So if we think that the CFTO is going to be coming on board to um, enable the rest of the startup team um, to work on tasks that are going to create you know, more effectiveness and efficiency in the company. So, um, you know, questions I'd want to ask the CFTO are, um, can you tell me about a founder tech stack that you've built and the impact that had on either business or the, the team? Um, I think that's a really nice kind of big opener to, to go into. Um, things like, you know, I think, and it's really dangerous to, to go down this route, but you can almost think of a tech stack as a team. Um, you know, you're going to have um, bunches of technologies together that are all kind of part in that uh, kind of wrap of Famatech. But obviously, they all have to be integrated, you know, using an API or whatever. So, you know, asking questions around um, how best have you found to integrate different founder technologies together um, and how have you managed to um, create optimization of that integration too. Um, so if you're using things like Zapier or, or whatever it might be to talk everything together. Um, try and unearth some issues around there if they've had some problems. Um, and can even get into like some, um, you know, nice questions around some successes. So, you know, tell me about um, the biggest impact or um, the biggest increase in a metric that you've witnessed um, from using, you know, founder tech. Um, you know, so tell me your biggest win. Yeah. Um, just things like that, I think, are really key. Um, and just kind of drilling into how they built that whole, founder tech stack or, or team uh, together. I think you touched on something really interesting there, um, which is the, the, the really the beauty of what we're talking about is it's measurable, right? You can you can A, B, company A, company B, but you can also um, like model and measure efficiency or outputs. You know, we use this piece of founder tech, it enabled this to happen, the benefit was this. So there is this very measurable, quantifiable aspect to this which I think, again, makes that CFTO role really, 
you know, an integral part of the C-suite function because they are driving a huge amount of efficiency, I guess, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that, that that would be the case, right? 100%. I mean, like, you know, let's, let's put pilot round. Like, if we took two companies, um, you know, one working with pilot round and one without, we know that we'll see, you know, a, a measurable difference um, in terms of, you know, how those pitches have gone and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's only the same as any other technology. And, um, you know, if you use GitHub Copilot, um, you know, are there less mistakes in that code? And, um, you know, are people building things a lot quicker? And, um, you know, it's just a measurable um, change in, in how we're delivering things in, in the business. Yeah. So, okay, well, we're not going to give the whole game away because, you know, if you want to explore this more, Chris and I will be on the 2nd of March at 12.30. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes with this webinar exploring all of these themes uh, in more detail. And we'll be looking at some more case studies. Um, what would you like to sort of wrap up with in terms of why as finders, you know, you're interested in this and kind of putting a flag in the ground you know, with what we're doing, what, like give, give, give me that shout out and, and also how people can kind of, as well as engage with the webinar, if they want to talk to you beforehand when we push this live, you know, why should they get in contact with you and how should they get in contact with you? Um, yeah, good question. I'd say that the wrap is um, Finders is here to build startup and, and scale up teams. The best startups and scale ups in the next 10 years or when we look back in the next 10, year, uh, 10 years, are going to be the ones who use the advantageous um, kind of element of leveraging AI and founder tech and, and a good team. And at Finders, we can help you decide on how to build that team and leverage AI together to get ahead of the competition. And um, so that's how we can do it. If you want to have a further chat with me prior to the webinar uh, that we're running, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's just Chris Boo that. Um, on uh, at finders or you can email me at chris at finders.co.uk finders without any so f-i-n-d-r-s awesome um from my point of view this is the first time we've extended the conversation um outside of sort of the you know the axis of founder investor kind of platform i just think it's really interesting even in this conversation now to see how it really does apply and I don't think the CFTO role is, is in any way spurious. I do think we will see it and maybe, you know, look back at this conversation and go, well, actually, you know, look, look actually the, the, the differentiator in really successful startups and scale-ups was that they owned this position, whether they formalized it in the role or not, they owned it and they engaged it and, you know, they, they, they scaled it and maybe just it will just be looked at as common sense you know of course of course you use all these tools in an efficient way of course that's someone's job of course top talent's going to want to uh be around startups and scale-ups to understand that it just kind of makes even as we're talking about it, it makes common sense but i don't actually think i guess is my my wrapper i don't actually think what we're talking about is really bold or sort of like too far out it's just once you get your head around it and it's it's a real pleasure to sort of apply it to another set it goes well, of course, that's of course, that makes complete sense. And of course, you know, with, with the work you're doing at Finders, of course, that becomes relevant and interesting. So on that note, um, yeah, sign up for the webinar with the, in the notes below. And um, yeah, I, I look forward, Chris, to, you know, exploring this even further then and, and hopefully working with some case studies and seeing where it goes. And maybe in two years, it will just be, you know, de, uh, de facto that, you know, there is a CFTO and 
and that would be fantastic. So, yeah, it feels like it's just at the beginning of the conversation. So, that, really, really great to be exploring it. That, thanks for being on the podcast, Chris. Um, yeah, it's been a real pleasure just to even touch on these ideas here. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure too. Uh, I look forward to uh, to exploring it further in a couple of weeks. Indeed.